It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Well, race fans, welcome to this edition of Southern Race Week right here on your great radio station and your favorite podcast location. I am often imitated but never duplicated, and this show is sometimes tried to be duplicated but uh this is southern race week we cover short track racing super speedway basically folks if it's got four wheels we cover it and sometimes if it's got two we cover it too and it's got to go fast okay we can't have any kind of pinto races out here every week here on the show we lean on the man that gets it done and he is the guy that Gets us interviews with the uninterviewable people. Okay. The guys that say, nope, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not going to be interviewed by anybody, but this guy can get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, my man sitting high top the pit box as always. Here's Alfie. Hello there, WB. Glad to be with you again uh, this week on Southern Race Week Radio, along with the southern race week radio podcast i'm hoping you're having yourself a a great week dude it's been a a busy week in the world of race cars and racing stuff and short tracks and nascar and everything so how's everything going on at the home base with you and the missus everything's good man everything's good you know we just uh we're getting ready for the uh you know uh as we start to wind down from the Labor Day weekend and go toward the, uh, as we call it, Q4. You know, uh, I mean, it, it's funny how business world has turned into the family world. Uh, the Q4 of the year, you know, uh, uh, October, November, and December, uh, you know, September's here, bye, you know, whatever. But, uh, you know, my wife loves, uh, loves Halloween like nobody's business i'm the christmas guy she's the halloween person so i'm sure that as soon as labor day is over with that you will if you check out at william barber on instagram or hashtag barb and will i'm sure you'll start to see that barb my wife is started putting up some halloween decorations and uh mr and mrs bones barber We'll be back out and about and uh, riding around in her car. Anyway, it, it, it's going great, man. How about you, man? How are the kids doing, man? Those, those boys that I love so much, man. Yeah, the family's doing good. Everyone's doing good, William. So uh, we're just glad that everyone is doing good and feeling good and continuing on with the school year and everything. So, uh, yeah, man, everything's good here in the Romero household is we're prepping for a big weekend as well. A lot going on is the summer is wrapping up and we get set for the fall season and everything so uh yeah everything's going good here william but we've got another exciting episode of southern race week radio coming up for you today uh we've got some great guests lined up for you we're going to be speaking with doug turnbull uh the performance racing network as we recap all the action from daytona and also preview the playoffs which will be kicking off this weekend at darlington and then we'll be speaking with jacqueline drake of the cars tour series as they had a big weekend of racing. We'll recap what went on there in the Cars Tour Series this past weekend. And then also the fabulous Ted Austin will be joining us with the latest in 
short track news as well. So we have another star-studded lineup of guests that will be joining us this week on Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Hey, it's Ron Capps, driver of the Napa Auto Parts Funny Car, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast as we get set for the playoffs the kickoff this weekend at Darlington. Ten races will determine the champion and who will be hoisting the cup at the end of the season. So to break down the playoffs and also all the action from Daytona last weekend, let's head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in one of the many announcers and people that are participating with the Performance Racing Network throughout the season. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in from his plush apartment in the city of Atlanta. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Doug Turnbull. <laughs> Man, that gets longer and longer each time, brother. Man, it's good, good to be over <laughs> here, Alfie, and uh, from, from my Shambly headquarters, the Captain Herb Ballroom here. So glad to be on, and looking forward to an exciting playoffs for sure. So before we talk about the playoffs and your thoughts as we get ready for uh, Darlington, what did you take away, and what were your thoughts? of the uh, Daytona race uh, this past Saturday night? There are a lot of people, and there there is, I think, more of an angst amongst the fan base than there has been and maybe ever about restrictor plate racing, or it's not a restrictor plate anymore, so we'll call it super speedway racing, which is at Daytona and Talladega. So I think that the more that these races play out the way that they are expected to, which is usually a high crash frequency toward the end, the more it plays into people's angst about that type of racing. And then you throw in the fact that there's so much at stake with this being the regular season finale. But to me, the drama was 15 out of 10. And I was locked in. And I also think that NASCAR changing the horsepower amounts and choking it down a little bit, it it may have had some unintended consequences. It may have still been hard to time the runs. But I think what we were seeing with some of these earlier races is not only were cars getting airborne still too easily, and Joey Logano's flip that landed him right on the driver's side of the roof at Talladega in the spring is what helped lead to this change. But not only were, were you seeing airborne cars, you were seeing the closing rate disappear or the, the change so quickly that these crashes were much more likely. And I felt like in Saturday night's race, the drivers were able to stay too wide. I mean, yeah, they were single file sometimes. They were able to make runs. It was a little hard for them to pass because they were completely dependent upon another car. And, the, and only at the end did we really see the wrecks get kind of out of control. But nobody got airborne. I thought for sure on the last lap when Harvick got turned that he was going to get just the angle he turned. It seemed like he was going to go flipping over the pack like Tony Stewart did at Talladega in 2012. And he stayed on the ground. So that was good. So I, I, I was very hooked. It seemed like at one point Chris Buescher, Corey LaJoy, they might win. We saw Daniel Suarez at the end launch it up like he might win. And, and several others, really all of those drivers that had zero wins. Ross Chastain had a rocket ship. They, a lot of those guys had a chance. And at the end, it was the guy that won last week, Ryan Blaney, who had just become the, the first time winning in a multiple, multiple times in a season for him. It was Ryan Blaney taking two in a row and then making it to be a points battle between Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon. And, of course, Reddick prevailing over Dillon after Dillon swept up in the last wreck. And, by the way, Alfie, let's not forget all the drama there because Tyler Reddick got caught up in one of those big crashes toward the end, had a destroyed car, looked like he was done, but they managed to bypass the oil cooler and keep it so the engine was still running and, and able to still just hang with the pack toward the end of the race. And Austin Dillon had a battery issue, so it really seemed like it was going to be a battle of the RCR crews and who could 
patch up their horse the best. And in the end, it was Reddick after Dylan got cleaned out at the end. So what what excitement. It was so close, but yet so far. And I am glad that Chris Buescher did not win the race simply because his car was deemed illegal afterwards, and he went from second place to finishing last. And I, and I wonder if NASCAR, though, Alfie, actually finds his car illegal if he ends up winning his way to the playoffs. That's hard for me to believe, but his track bar mount got ground on during the race. They did that on purpose to lower the height of the car, and theirs was pretty egregious, and that's what happened. So a lot of drama there, and we go to the playoffs. Only one more super speedway race to go, but Darlington this weekend, it proved exciting last year with Martin Truex Jr. and Chase Elliott crashing themselves out toward the end of it and handing the win to Kevin Harvick. So I look forward to see how this weekend stuff plays out. Speaking with Doug Turnbull, the Performance Racing Network, and uh, as we discuss and get ready for the playoffs, as we mentioned, kicking off this weekend, Labor Day weekend at uh, Darlington. Of course, if you're listening to the podcast, the race has already concluded, and you already know what's going on. But uh, let's focus on the playoffs. And as I look at the 16 teams that are going to be uh, battling out for the championship, what jumps out as you as, uh, as a big surprise as we get ready for the playoffs? Well, it was definitely a surprise to see Kevin Harvick get to the playoffs with zero playoff points. And, and and that's how this thing is stacked. It's If this was stacked based upon regular season points, I think he'd be you know a little bit higher. But because of the playoff points and how they're ranked, he is lower. And uh, that that is really hard to believe that he has less playoff points than Michael McDowell, right? But McDowell won the Daytona 500. He's got less playoff points than his Stuart Haas racing teammate, Eric Almirola. Well, Almirola has five because he won New Hampshire a few weeks ago. That, But he's also about 50 points out of the lead. So he's only, he's only three points out of being in 12th place, which is what it takes to transfer to the second round because the first four drivers get eliminated after three races. He's only 12 points, or sorry, three points out of 12, but he's 50 points behind Kyle Larson, who, who by the way, enters the playoffs as the hands-on favorite, and, and just like Harvick did last year. But believe it or not, as dominant as Kyle Larson has been, he actually has less wins and less playoff points than Kevin Harvick did a year ago, which just is a testament to how dominant that four team was and the 11 team of Hamlin was as well last year. So I, I think, though, Harvick, one thing he's been this season has been quiet, consistent, and I think that quiet consistency can actually carry him all the way into the round of eight. Now, he has some surprise winners that advance and all that, and he has one bad race, so he might be done. He has no cushion to fall back on, but he's also not crashing and having a lot of problems this year. I think Kevin Harvick could possibly get to the round of eight. I do not, however, foresee Stuart Haas Racing gaining much more speed. They have a parts freeze right now. They're getting ready for the next-gen car, which, as far as we know, is still going to debut next year, although there's been some doubt about that. And I I, I think that the four team is they, – they have the second-most top tens. I'm going to pull this up here. The second-most top tens in the Cup Series this year. And, yeah, I'm looking. Kevin Harvick, 16 top tens. Only Kyle Larson has more top tens than him, and Kyle Busch and Chase Elliott are tied with Harvick with 16. That's just one number, but that shows how consistent he is. And finishing 10th will get you deep into the playoffs over and over again. Chase Elliott, yeah. defending champion, he's starting fifth here. Do you see him as uh, there in the final four defending this championship, or how far do you think Chase can get into this thing? Yeah, I mean, I think Chase definitely can, You know, considering you've got the Roval, which is – Got to be penciled in as something he can win, and he's won at Kansas before. He's he's run well, and uh, he almost won Darlington last year. I, I don't see any reason why Chase Elliott couldn't make a deep run, but there's always a surprise in round one. Ryan Blaney was eliminated in round one last year, right? And then Austin Dillon had a great round one, had all these points, a bounce of speed, and, and was able to advance when nobody thought he would. 
So anything can happen. It's really tough to predict. I do think that Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott are the better running two of the four Hendrick teams. So I, if you're going to, to me, it seems like the final four is going to go through the Joe Gibbs Racing and Hendrick Motorsports shops. It's kind of hard to pick outside of Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch who their teammates would be to join them in the championship four. But again, Alfie, I mean, anything could happen. If, if you cra- we saw last year, Harvick crashed at Texas. And then in Martinsville, ran like garbage, and you had a couple of you know winners from outside the top four, you know, win their way into the championship four. And guess what? Harvick was out, and he had all the playoff points in the world. How in the world I could see Kyle Larson having two bad races in a row, and suddenly barely squeaking into Phoenix. So it's really tough to predict right now. I do think though that they're running on all cylinders. Some teams that I'm kind of down on it. You didn't ask, but I'll say I don't see Almirola and Michael McDowell going deep into the playoffs. I see them out in round one. I don't see Kurt Busch with consistent speed. He certainly could peel off a win and, and be surprising. And, and I'm kind of down on the two-team of Brad Keselowski, too, especially considering he's a lame-duck driver and they just had a lot of bad luck. Uh, another one that I just don't see going very deep is Christopher Bell. I, I know sometimes they show flashes of brilliance, but they're stu- still too inconsistent. And the final one, I'll say, I don't know, I'm not going to predict how many rounds they go deeper in the playoffs. But unless Alex Bowman pulls off some more of these kind of Hail Mary wins, I don't, Alex Bowman only has 13 top 10s this year. His average finish is only 14.1. I just don't see when it, him outrunning Denny Hamlin consistently and William Byron consistently to go deep in the playoffs. Well, assuming an exciting playoff uh, uh, situation here, as we get set, as we mentioned, for uh, Darlington this weekend, and then we'll be in Richmond, and then Bristol Motor Speedway will be the first elimination race of the first round of the playoffs. Uh, Mr. Turnbull, if our listeners want to keep up with you and the, what's going on in the world of NASCAR and, and your podcast as well, where can they go to get all that information? Yeah, for sure. I did the best way, at Doug Turnbull, like a left turn to the male cow, T-U-R-N-B-U-L-L, at Doug Turnbull on Twitter. And I do co-host the Five to Go Racing Podcast, very similar to yours, Alpha. You take a deeper dive on the local stuff. But we try to sift through the biggest racing stories of the week with myself and Dan Elliott and Eric Von Hessler. So check out Five to Go on the podcast platforms or WSRadio.com. We'd be glad to have you all listening. All right. Well, Mr. Turnbull, thank you for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio. And I'm sure we'll catch up with you as the playoffs roll along and get your thoughts and insights. And we always appreciate your time, sir. Hey, thank you very much, Alfie. Thanks for doing what you do in the racing world. Hey, this is Dennis Bickmeyer, president of Richmond International Raceway, and you are listening to Southern Race Week. Hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio network. It's Alfie continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, which is available for you every Monday at iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And yet again, we've got another special guest joining us here on the program this week as we go over to the Food Depot hotline to update us and recap all the action from this past weekend in the Cars Tours series. Let's head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in Miss Jacqueline Ray. Miss Drake, thank you so much for taking time to join us yet again this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Hopefully you're having a great day today, my friend. I am. It's been a great day. You had a very busy weekend. The Cars Tour Series was in action at the Motor Mile Speedway. Tell us about all the great action in the Cars Tour Series. We had a dual division race, so we had both our super late models as well as our late model stocks up on deck, which is pretty cool. Um, we've we've obviously had some standalone races this past season with just the stocks. So it's always good whenever we have both divisions together. And um, yeah, we had some people come in that we normally don't on the super late model side. 
We had Chase Purdy. Actually, he was on stocks, but uh, we did have Grant Aimfinger there. Josh Berry, as you know, he races with us quite a bit. We had Giovanni Bramante that came in with his Florida team. And uh, a lot of people that traveled into Motor Mile, such a fun track. The track itself, if you've never been before, has some pretty significant banking in the corners, about like 14 degrees. So um, it's pretty fun because once you get in the corners, you can, you know, essentially run two, three wide and uh, you're, you're, you're hauling the mail down this, this facility, um, which is a great track. So we saw some really intense racing due to just the width of the facility and the parameters that they could work in. And so starting on the late model stock side, we ultimately got Bobby McCarty, which is a you know reigning two-time champion in the stock division. He ended up getting another win this season, but it was not an easy win by any means. Justin Johnson and him raced side by side for several laps, both in great fashion. You know, they gave each other room and then we saw plenty of action in the back of the field, people passing. And it, overall, it, it was a really, really good race. And Bobby McCarty is trying to go for another championship. And he strengthened his lead just a little bit, but not too much. Caden Honeycutt that comes out of the Justin Johnson racing team. He's a rookie this season, and he's sitting in, in second place in points only nine points out. In the last two seasons, we've seen the championship decided in the very last race of the season by one point. And it looks like we're kind of headed in that same direction this season uh, with just how close these competitors are uh, with only five more races to go. So um, that was great. And then on our super late model side, we saw Carson Quapple get the win in that 35 car he's had a heck of a season him and his dad have spent a lot of time in the shop uh, travis quapple working hard to get his super late model up on point again matt craig you saw him run in the front competing pretty hard for the lead as well as jake garcia who's had a strong season and again great racing on that division as well but we also see another point decision happening in the standings because with Quapple getting his third win of the season it put him only four points behind Matt Craig who's trying to go for I think his third championship with us in a row him and Carson have been going head to head all season long it's just back and forth back and forth and I don't see Matt Craig nervous all that often he's very calm and collected but uh, after the race on Saturday, he looked a little bit nervous. So I'm, I'm excited to kind of see as we head into this ne- next race, which is in two weeks, we're going to Tri-County Speedway. And again, we have the supers and stocks. I'm excited to kind of see what irons out there because as we get down to the wire, you see these guys almost kind of go into this new level of competitiveness that you see kind of burn off mid-season. So they're always uh, very on top of their game at the beginning of the season, but then we get through the summer and things kind of um, calm down. But now we're getting down to the wire when it comes down to the, the points and the championship. And uh, people are starting to get pretty serious around the pit. Uh, speaking of Jacqueline Drake here, one of the many reporters who's covering all the uh, Cars Tour action here. And as you mentioned, your next event will be on September 11th at Tri-County Motor Speedway. As you've been through the season so far, any drivers that have really jumped out of you that you've said, wow, I'm, I'm really impressed with how this uh, individual is doing in the season? Yeah, so I, I spoke a little bit about him earlier, but Caden Honeycutt, late-mile stock driver, 
uh, also a Texan. He came in to racing, you know, up here. This is his first season, and he's with Justin Johnson Racing. And coming from Texas myself, I felt a connection to him in knowing how big of a deal it was for him to come and travel all the way up here to race. So, um, you know, him going into that team, already having success, having a race win under his belt uh, with the series is huge. Uh, He is such a uh, seasoned and mature racer for being young. He's only, I think, 18 years old. And, um, you know, he's, I think he's going to be a significant name in short track racing and beyond as we kind of see things unfold. And then Mini Tyrell, he's had a little bit of stroke of bad luck here in the last couple of races, mechanical issues or, you know, getting caught up in a wreck and things of that sort. But he has matured significantly when it comes to his driving style and uh, even led some laps, I believe, gosh, just two races ago. His team has worked really hard behind the scenes to uh, get new chassis and get their equipment where it needs to be, and it showed. So um, both of them on the late model stock side have really impressed me this season. If our listeners want to watch all the action, where can they go to get information on how to uh, watch these uh, broadcasts of these races? Yes, so next event, September 11th, Tri-County Speedway. It's going to be a special one. Uh, We're going to be honoring our country as it falls on a date that we all know good and well. You can watch at carstour.tv, and we have our own streaming platform. Um, Or you can come out to the track and say hello and have a good time. Uh, We always welcome people to come out and uh, be a part of it. I wanted to promote this as well, but tell us a little bit about some of the other stuff you've been doing outside of the car tour series that involving yourself there with uh, the NASCAR world. Yeah, so I've been working closely with NASCAR Roots and uh, NASCAR-sanctioned tracks that you see all over the country, um, particularly here recently, Asphalt Modifieds, learning more about uh, that whole world. So um, video features and things of that nature. I have some more exciting news I'm going to be coming out with in just a couple weeks uh, that is in relation to that. But yeah, NASCAR Roots, uh, check out their social channels. You can see some cool videos that I've been doing with them. Um, Or like you mentioned, uh, when it comes to the Cars Tour, on race day, I always do a track walk on Facebook Live in the morning. So tune in and comment and be a part of that. We we got a whole family of people on there that we have a good time, and uh, I'll show you some cool asphalt tracks. And if our listeners want to follow you on uh, Twitter, also on Facebook as well, all your social media platforms, where can they go to keep up with you, follow you, and keep up with what's going on in the Car Tour series? So I personally love Instagram. Uh, so I'm on there, the one and only JKD or Twitter, Jacqueline Drake. And I also have a Facebook page, uh, again, just Jacqueline Drake. But, yeah, say hello and uh, let's talk some racing. I'm always about it. All right. Well, we always appreciate your time, Ms. Drake. Uh, good luck to you in the rest of the season as you'll be wrapping things up here in about five races. Next event, as we mentioned, September 11th, Tri-County Motor Speedway. And I'm sure we'll have you back on the program to recap and let us know about all the action that's going on in the Cars Tour Series. All right, thanks again for having me on. I love being a part of it. I'm JoJo Wilkinson, driver number 11 with the Pro Light Model from Hueytown, Alabama, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast as we've got a lot going on on this week's program. And as we usually do every single week, we love to check in at Atlanta Motor Speedway 
with our main man over there, Ted Austed, as he's got the latest in short track news for you. So let's head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in live from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Ted Austed. I'll tell you, Alfie, we need to go back in time. We need <laughs> yes. to get all, go back and get you know the, the archives of of the show yes and and get all the different introductions <laughs> that you have done for me over the years and and do a compilation file uh-huh. and put it online so that all three of our fans oh come on could now. enjoy it welcome to the program sir i know you've been an extremely busy gentleman with so much going on at the track so we really Appreciate your time, and I know your time is very limited right now, so we're going to get into the uh, latest and what's going on in the world of short track news because you always have your eyes and pulse on the activities yeah. and action that's going on along in the uh, short track world. So, uh, Mr. Austed, uh, can you update us and let us know what's uh, some of the yeah. greatest news and results and happenings that are going on in the world of the short track world, sir? One of the things that's probably the top of mind right now is the success of the young Ashton Winger, a driver out of Hampton, Georgia, started his career racing Bandolero cars and Legends cars here at Atlanta Motor Speedway, has now turned his career to professionally racing uh, super late models on the dirt surfaces, and he's done very, very well, especially this year. This past weekend, picked up his uh, second uh, consecutive win in the Mike Head Jr. Memorial Race at Sonoy Raceway. He held off Brandon Overton, probably the only other driver in the nation that's hotter than Ashton Winter. Both of these drivers out of Georgia, so very proud of that. He held off Overton for the victory last Saturday night, pocketed himself uh, a pretty good payday there at the 3 8 mile uh, gray gumbo dirt oval in Sonoya. Winger uh, just returned back home after a, a, a wild two-month run in the Midwest uh, where he won the Summer Hell Tour, it's called, as it's several tracks across several states in the Midwest. Did very well, picked up a, a couple of good paydays, picked up some solid top uh, top five finishes in a, in a lot of races with the World of Outlaws as well as, as this Summer Hell Tour. Uh, and he ended up winning that championship for that Summer Hell Tour, and that's not an easy championship to win. Like I said, he is probably uh, only second to Brandon Overton on successful uh, 2021 campaigns this year. Great to see that young driver out of Hampton, Georgia with roots right here at Atlanta Motor Speedway doing so well. Speaking of Sonora Raceway, last weekend uh, with that Mike Head Jr. Memorial Super Late Model Race, they had uh, close to 180 cars in the pit area on Saturday night. Unbelievable. Sonny Pollard and his family have really ignited the excitement at that bullring. Um, they've been having really awesome racing as well. Clint Smith is over there helping them out. They've got a great crew. Um, in fact, uh, they announced here just a few months ago their uh, Peach State Classic. Tickets uh, went on sale this weekend. Um, that event uh, set for November is will feature uh, a $52,000 to win main event for the wow. Super Late Miles. You know Winger has his eyes on that, as well as Brandon Overton. It'll be the richest race in the history of uh, Georgia, and it'll take place, uh, I think it's the second weekend of November. I don't have that in my notes here, but second weekend of November, if they want information on that, anybody who's listening in, they can go to Sonoya Raceway 1969com for all that information. 
Speaking of the races that took place, I just want to remind the listeners that you're listening to Ted Ostead here as he's delivering the the latest in short track news live from his beautiful plush offices there at Atlanta Motor Speedway overlooking the construction work that's continuing on, which you can watch (laughs) on the YouTube channel. I think it's awesome that you guys have put a a YouTube stream up of them working out there on the track. So uh, continue on, sir. What what else you got for us as well, sir? Well, the races that took place last week in and around our area is that Tacoa Raceway uh, saw Steven Sagers win the limited late models down at OSP in Savannah. Hayden Cowan was the winner of the Crate Late Model Show down there. North Georgia Speedway saw Jason Deal win the limiteds with Chip Brindle picking up the checkers and the Crate Late Models. Over at Livonia Speedway, Brandon Harley, or Haley, I'm sorry, uh, won the limited late models, while uh, Trey Kirk was the 602 uh, Sportsman winner. At Talladega Short Track, Across the border in Alabama, Josh Adkins was the super late model winner. Bubba Lackey, who is uh, always strong over there at the Hornets, Nest, picked up the limited victory. Great late model victory went to David Kay, while the 602 Sportsman winner was Campbell Hughes. Over at Hollis Speedway, also in Alabama, Lance Stewart won the limiteds, and that also capped off a season title for Mr. Stewart. Uh, big news kind of uh, in and around uh, super late model racing, uh, actually all late model dirt racing, is the Hoosier tire shortage as uh, they just can't make the tires fast enough. Staffing issues up there, product issues uh, at Hoosier Tire in uh, Indiana, and uh, we're actually currently starting to see it uh, affect some races. I-80 Speedway uh, this weekend up in Nebraska canceled their Lucas Oil Dirt Late Model Series race because they didn't feel they could get enough tires to take care of the drivers. So growing concern in the uh, Dirt Late Model uh, ranks around the country because of the Hoosier tire shortage that seems to be affecting some areas more so than other areas. doesn't seem to be a shortage here in the southeast, but with all these special events coming up here in the fall months, uh, could become an issue sometime sooner rather than then later. Other news, Red Short Track, West Georgia Speedway, shuttered again. Uh, Mays Massey, Doug Stevens, who uh, kind of helped Sonora Raceway get to uh, the point where Sonny Pollard could turn it into a diamond, is uh, they went over there, leased that track out, uh, ran about a half dozen eight races, and just couldn't make a go of it. So unfortunately, West Georgia Speedway over in Whitesburg has closed once again. Who knows if that little track will ever see uh, uh, the light of uh, racing again. OSP. Uh, we talked about this on a previous show. Is they're shutting down after almost 70 years of racing? Mm-hmm. This is their final final season of racing. There, their track championships coming up here in a couple of weeks. They have their showdown at Savannah, which has always been a great race for the past 30 years. And then November 11th will be the last one for Oglethorpe Speedway Park, uh, just outside of Savannah in uh, Pooler, Georgia. Man, so much history there, and it's such a shame that. Uh they unfortunately won't be able to be carrying any more racing after this year. So if you get an opportunity, as, as uh, Ted mentioned, get out there and check out a race before they uh, close things up there in uh, Pooler, Georgia. Uh, once again, thanks so much, Ted, for taking the time to join us this week here on Southern Race Week Radio, my friend. Sounds good, Alfie. Take care, man. Hey, this is Brandon Jones, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, race fans. Well, hey, we're almost there, man. We are winding down today's show. And, uh, again, Alfie, I got to thank you for uh, – for doing everything you can to make this show as good and as great as it is, because I'm going to tell you between all the stuff, I know you have a full-time job. I have a full-time job 
And um, you do a lot, man, and I'm very appreciative of it. Don't mind doing it. It's always a lot of fun to join you every week for Southern Race Week Radio, which is also going to be available as a podcast. So if you want to re-listen to this week's program or listen to any of our past Southern Race Week Radio programs, you can go to our, our podcast pages, which is located at iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud, and go back and listen to any of our previous episodes of the program or listen to this week's all over again. And of course, we got our social media platforms, which we're always distributing uh, racing news and information. On Twitter, you can follow us at SRW Radio. And then on Facebook, it's at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. And also, you can email me anytime if you are a racer who wants to get some, uh, you know, a little bit of love here from us on Southern Race Week. You can always email me at srwradio at yahoo.com. And uh, once again, thanks to our great guests this week joining us, Doug Turnbull, the Performance Racing Network, Jacqueline Drake of the Cars Tour Series, and then also Ted Austed from Land Motor Speedway with providing us the latest in short track news. So another star-studded, jam-packed episode of Southern Race Week Radio for you, William. Well, listen, folks, if uh, y'all get a chance, man, y'all seriously need to do this. Go out and check out a short track racing uh, near you, uh, whether it's Sonora Raceway, whether it's over in Alabama, whether it's in Louisiana, and we know that they got wrapped up with a bunch of storms in Ida. Just do whatever you can to help support local racing. Until next week, I'm uh, WB. Miss Alfie. Y'all have a great one. We'll see y'all at a racetrack near you. Mm-hmm.